0: we just thank you for this message right now, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you would release fire from heaven tonight, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you would release fire from heaven. We're asking God for fire on our enemies, Father. And our enemies are not men, Father. Our enemies are principalities, spirits, false prophets, things of the flesh, lusts, distractions, things that keep us from the fire of God, Father. And we ask you, Lord that that fire would be released on our enemies, Father, so it would be released on us, Father. And we thank you, Father. Just stir us up right now, Father. We just stir up the gift inside of us, Father. We command our body to be submissive to our spirit, Father, and our spirit to be submissive to the spirit that lives in us, Father. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that we have this saying, we have that word, but Lord, let us carry that out, Father. Let us actually believe it like never before, Father. But with believing comes... Before believing is tangibility, Father. And when we can feel your presence and when your fire is there, when the boldness is there, when the, 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 the tangibility is there in our spirit, there's an easier, an easier ability to believe and walk out what you're telling us to do, Father. And we need tangible tangibleness of your of your kingdom father of heaven father on earth father without it we are dead dry bones father and we confess that tonight father we haven't been on fire as we think we have we haven't been uh, in saturated as we think we have we need more father half is not enough father we need the fullness father And it's those that are crying out for the fullness until the last day. Every second, 365, that are actually going to get it, Father. But those that waver, that only labor for for that saturation, 364, is never going to get it because they didn't labor for 365 days a year. They didn't labor 24-7. They didn't labor, contend for it. And God is saying in this house and in all the houses of God, we need to start contending for what we're asking for what we want what we're seeing what we're hearing being preached it cannot just be heard and then go about our business anymore what we hear we have to contend for it to be reality in our life if you hear a message coming from God's messengers and it doesn't transform in your life it's not the messenger's fault it's your fault because you did not contend for it you see Jacob he saw the promises of God Jacob he saw the things that God had for him, but bef- before it could become manifest and like before he can get his blessing he had to contend for it he had to wrestle God for it and God is saying i'm bringing the wrestling back in my in my in my sheep i'm bringing that wrestling when they when they when they're hungry they're no longer just going to be waiting around like little sheep for their portion at three o'clock four pm or whenever their portion is they're going to be wrestling and crying out for it. It's time for the the bride to start crying in the wilderness again. It's time for us to start crying out like John the Baptist, but not just for sinners to repent so that we can arrive onto the full knowledge of God. This message is called Stir Up the Flame. And I preached this message partially, not really because I went to go preach this in Brazil and then God messed it all up and had me preach like everything but this message, even though I preached a part of it. But I got this message because we were doing a little fire. (laughs) He's looking at me already. We were doing a little. We were starting a little fire, and the the fire wasn't kindling. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't flaming all the coals. So there we were for an hour or so, whatever stirring up the flame, stirring up the, the, the coals in the fire. And we would get embers, then we would get flame, then we would get embers, and then we get flame. and then, But we had to keep stirring it up. And then God gave me a, a message out of it. And I didn't preach it in Brazil, so now I'm preaching it now. And God is saying, we need to stir up the flame. And Marlene said something about this. Actually, the other day he said something about that. Is how Paul had to tell Timothy to stir up the flame... But Timothy, if he was stirring it up, if he, was, he, didn't, he, he should be able to come to a place and we should be able to come to a place where we don't have to stir it up anymore, like a Jeremiah's fire where it's, it's li- literally living and guiding us like a pillar of fire. But what happens when you stir up a fire? Before, well, first of all, before a fire uh, is, is radiating like that, where it's a never stopping fire, you, have to, you do have to start it. And you have to actually stir it up if it's a, if it's not one of those propane uh, you know f- fake fires that are made by propane made by the hands of man, but fires that you actually have to make with wood. And you have to actually stir up the flame until the flame actually, st- and then there's a time where the flame actually stays a consistent flame where you don't have to stir it up anymore. And, and that's the, and that's the the thing we all want. We all want that flame that. It's constant, that constantly is, is burning in our bones because we're all tired of the flame that comes and goes, comes and goes. But we're asking God, we need a constant flame, Father. We need that, that radiation from your kingdom to constantly be radiating through our body. Not just It's not enough for two hours of it. We need 24 hours, 24-7. This is what God is saying in this season. We need to contend for this. We need to change our mindset and we need to start getting back in the gap like Elijah and get in the gap and wait for the, the, the cloud to come. Like, a, like, a, like a, a, a small fist the size of a man's hand. And, when, when Eli- and God showed me, when Elijah was, was, was contending, because everybody in religion takes that like, oh, Elijah was, he was declaring, he was decreeing, blah, blah, blah. But you know what God showed me? He wasn't just declaring and, and decreeing and all that. Part of what he was doing in that, in that place of prayer He was actually seeking and contending for that manifestation of what God had for him to happen. For that cloud, for the rain to come to the city, he contended for it. He seeked it. He desired it nonstop until it happened. But we have two, three types of people in the church. We have people that contend for it and stop contending and they never get it. And they said, well, I saw it and I seeked and I didn't get it. Then you have people that never contend for it and they hear about it, but they never do anything. And then you have people that contend and contend and contend and seek and desire and pull on his garment over and over until they get it. Until they arrive to that. And God He was even showing me about the woman with the issue of blood. She wasn't just seeking to get healed. She was seeking life. And because of what was in her heart, it wasn't just her faith, but because of because she sought him so much, her faith was ever increasing. And because her faith was ever increasing, he became whole. He made her whole and actually imparted heaven onto earth into her. But it wasn't just, it wasn't just her, she just decided one day, let me have faith. She sought him. She sought Jesus. She sought God. And guess what probably happened? God, she was probably sitting in, in her Room one day probably heard about this man Jesus, and she sought so much that God opened her eyes. This is God, and when she she probably realized it was God, she went she ran through that crowd. But none of us, everybody, all of us are just seeing Jesus in the crowd. Oh, he'll come to me. He's I want him, so he'll come to me. But we're not. We God doesn't want that. See, God doesn't want a relationship like a man and his dog, where it's just the dog is over there and the man's over there, and when the man's ready to come. And, and, and play with the dog, he plays with the dog. That's what many of our relationships with God is like. It's like the dog is waiting for the owner to, to come around and throw him the ball. But a husband and wife, they're constantly fellowship, fellowshipping with each other. God doesn't want a, 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 us to be like the dogs or the cats, where we, just, where we only play with the cats when our master wants to play with them. But God's saying, no, I want people who want me. I don't want people that just sit around and wait for me anymore. I don't want, you know what, you know what, I, I was reading it when, about Moses and the Israelites is that God was actually mad that they were actually going to Moses. He wanted them to ask, but they kept going to Moses. Oh, no, actually, they didn't, you know what they did? They didn't even go to Moses. They kept crying out and complaining. Oh, why don't we have manna? Why don't we have nothing to eat? Oh, we had everything back in Egypt. But all God wanted them to do was go ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. But they didn't want to do it. But they didn't want to contend for it. So they had to have the man of God. They had to have Moses. They had to have the apostle, the prophet, the five-fold minister in the house, contend for it while they all waited for it. And then when it didn't happen, they blamed the apostle. They blamed the prophet. They blamed the one who was contending for it, but they could never contend for it by themselves. We need to come to a day where we're not just letting the, the, the fivefold ministry do all the contending and all the... And you know what's the funniest part is when we actually are all contending together and all seeking and stirring up ourselves together, it actually makes the fivefold ministers part easier and actually more because of our hunger as we're sitting there, as we're, as we're, as we're receiving from each gift... The gift actually gets pulled on more and more and more revelation comes because there's more hunger in the room. And the more hunger in the room, the more revelations are revealed. The more things, we can get so much farther, but we cannot blame fivefold ministers. We have to blame ourselves because we're not the ones pulling on it. How come some places we go, we preach and there's more fire and there's more revelation. Like it's like easy every time, but some places it's really hard because it depends on the hunger of the people. It depends on how hungry the people are. When we went to the Philippines, it was like when Shane was preaching, whoever preached, it was like fire. It was like boom, 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 boom. It was just nonstop like a, like a raging horse because they were hungry, because they wanted it. And they were, they were even playing music that wasn't like our music and there was still presence in the room because it wasn't about the music. It was because they were so hungry That God had to come down and said, No, I can't leave, I can't leave these people. That would be against my word to to leave these people hungry. Because it says He says, I will fill those who are poor in spirit. I will make you rich with my glory. And God is saying, "You you know, we we sometimes think we're so delivered from religion, and then we get delivered, but we're not, we stop, we stop, we let our fire go out. We don't stir it up anymore. We don't. We don't continue to seek and seek, and we we just let it. We just let the 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 fat in the land. We let the everything that God has promised us, all the gold, all the riches in heaven, in the spirit, sit there and lie and wait for somebody else. But we never go after it ourselves, or we wait for the man of God of the house to do it for us. We need to we need to see it in the apostolic ministry. They're like, God operates the ministry like units. He doesn't say, okay, because this person's here and he's, and I called him, I'm just going to continue to bless it and bless it. And bless. He, he wants the whole body, the whole connection, the whole unit to function together like Navy SEALs. It cannot be the one man, Jackie Chan, going in there and whipping everybody's butt while the other guys are just standing there watching them. It, it needs to be everybody getting in there, digging in, striking the ground, stirring up the flame... And when we all stir up the flame, we bring it together and it makes a big flame. We're, we're setting up a bonfire here. And in the remnant church, it's all about a bonfire. We're all putting our sticks in. We're all putting our fire in and it's making a bigger fire. We're all, we all are supposed to be stirring up our own flame so that we can add to the bigger flame. But we have lack of fire, not because some people stop being on fire or the people that are laboring already are stop, have stopped being on fire. It's because nobody else is adding to the flame, so it takes more labor to get more fire in the house. But God is saying we all need to do this. From the back to the front, to the, to the head, to the toe, the whole body must labor. Jude 20. Or oh, sorry, Jude uh, 1, 20-21. But ye beloved, building yourselves up, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You see the sequence there? They were, he's, he's telling them to build up, their most, build up in their most holy fo- faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. This is our foundation to be able to... See, when, 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 we, when we pull on that gift inside of us, when we stir up the flame inside of us, it actually stirs up faith inside of us. It stirs up all the gifts. It stirs up all the elements of the kingdom that we need to pull the kingdom down on earth. There's so many scriptures about how we must constantly seek and, and, and hunger until we find, until we eat. So many scriptures, even in the Our father Prayer. So many. He said, pray this, that thine will would be done. He's saying, when he says pray, he's saying, seek and desire. Pray. Watch and pray. I'm not saying watch and pray and be religious and say, and be on the street corner and say 19,000 prayers. The same one. He's saying, pray, seek me. Commune with me in the Spirit. Come after me. Praying is not just saying five prayers, the same, the same ones. every. It's about... Going after him. Prayer was always is always about communion with Christ. It's all about that moment when I have when I can hear his voice. That's what we're contending for. But we get lazy. We want somebody else to do it. See, God's not God is not satisfied with the one who seeks, God is satisfied with the one who seeks. And finds because why? Because they seek and they seek and they seek, and it doesn't matter how long it takes them, they seek until the end. They waste their life, they put aside whatever, even if it makes their wife, their kids, their uncle, their aunt, their mother, their father angry. They waste it all and they let everybody be offended with them just so they can have this one thing. And it says, The kingdom of God is like this if you would just it would, it's just like that woman that lost a coin and she threw it, flipped up her whole house. She went crazy. She didn't have a care in the world for this one coin. And that's how we need to treat this, this gift of God that God has given us, this kingdom that God has given us, this establishing from heaven that God has given us. We have to seek it like nothing else matters anymore. That like our life depends on it. But we seek it and we hear a word like this and we go on for a week seeking and then we get tired. Or maybe you're seeking in the flesh. I don't know. But you need to, in your heart, God knows who's seeking because there's so many people that are constantly, they look like they're seeking every service they go to. They're on the ground like this with their their hands curled in their knees and they're constantly on the street. They're constantly, but they're the dead, dry bones because they're they're out there with their flesh doing things. acting like they're seeking, lifting up their hands in worship, constantly coming to worship, constantly coming to service, constantly doing this, but they never get him because their heart was never set apart because their heart was never never constantly stirred up to continue to go after it to contend it was all for those people it's like an earthly thing it's an earthly worship if I just continue to show myself if I can just continue to lift up my hands if I continue God will bless me but God is saying you need to know me in spirit and in truth you need to know me in the unseen realm where nobody sees where your heart is nobody, nobody in this room knows what my heart's doing I don't know what your heart's doing only God knows, and that's what's going to matter, and that's what's going to manifest tomorrow and prove who you are or who you are not. Your heart needs to be a flame of fire after Him, and He will be a flame of fire in your life. If our heart is not on fire for Him, He'll never release His fire to us. 2 Timothy 1, 2, 1, chapter 1, 2 through 7. 2 Timothy my dearly beloved Son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and, Christ, and Jesus Christ, our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience without ceasing. I have remembered of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I might be filled with joy. He, was so, he thought about Timothy so much. He cried over him, had joy over him. Why did he have joy over Timothy? Let's see. When I called to remembrance... Why? Why does he have joy over him? Because when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, he's recognizing his fruits, which dwelleth, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I persuaded that in thee also, He's persuaded that the same type of faith, the same type of unfeen, uncannon, unstoppable faith is in Timothy. And he goes on here to show them the key. He, sees, he goes back to say, okay, now you got your faith? You, you have that strong faith that I've seen in your mother and your grandmother? Keep doing this. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power and of love and of a sound mind. By the gift, not the gifts. He wasn't talking about Timothy's pastoral or evangelist or whatever he was gifting. He was talking about the spirit of the living God, the gift of God unto men, the helper, the Holy Spirit. This is now the flame that he's talking about. And it says, I don't know why, I I guess I forgot to pull up the scripture, but it says, Fan the flame onto onto a fire in your... In, uh, fa- and what is he doing? He's talking about the gift of God. He's saying fan him, turn turn him up, stir him up. St- he's not saying stir something up in you. He's not saying stir up some fire that's in you. He's saying stir him up because God is like a fire. And we need to stir God up to... Pers- we're actually trying... We're actually continually persuading God. It's not that we're like... in Oh, God, will you come down? But we're actually showing, we're supposed to be showing continually that we're ready to hear. We're ready to receive from him. That's all he wants. He's not looking for some crazy religious thing where we sit and, we, and for 12 hours and do nothing. He's talking about the people that continue to be poor in spirit, the people that continue to seek that and wait. See, God said, wait on the Lord, but he didn't say, don't seek the Lord. Waiting doesn't mean stop seeking and stop desiring. Waiting means after you saw, as you're seeking and desiring and nothing's happening, wait until He comes and reveals revelation. Because many people, they seek and they desire. They seek and they desire. God doesn't show up. God's not bringing anything. God's not showing anything yet. And so because God's not showing up, it's taking too long. It's not going in their timing. And, and they, give, they give themselves over to religious devices. They come up with their own doctrine. They come up with their own God. They come up with their own thing because God... God and you know what the funny thing is God does that to some people because He already knows they already want that's that religion. So He lets them seek and seek and seek and they never find. See it's unbiblical for you to seek and never find. Either you're not really seeking as you say you're seeking, or you're seeking and you're and you've come to a roadblock and you and you give it up. That's what I see. That's what I, a lot of people are doing. Seeking, not finding. Seeking and then i stop. And then they stop seeking. And then they stop going after. And It's like, and that's why your whole life. It says, seek the kingdom and its righteousness, and all will be added onto you. So why is not all being added onto you? Because you stopped seeking. Because why is all the righteousness not being? Because you stopped. Because now you're seeking those things that were supposed to be added onto you. Now they're going to be subtracted from you because you stopped seeking. This is supposed to be our daily, continual lives is seeking after the kingdom of God. And God does all the laboring. God, God, start, God starts moving at a job. God starts moving in our family. He starts moving in every area of our life. God says, if you take care of my house, I'll take care of your house. But we stop taking care of the house of God. We stop, we stop taking care of the will of God in our life. And he stops, he stops fulfilling the desires of our heart. And we're like, God, why is you not, why are you not doing that? Why are you not doing that? How come, how come, this is failing in my life and I can't have any money. Because you're not seeking me. But I was seeking you. You stopped. You relented. God is saying, I need those who won't relent. Won't relent. And I won't relent from releasing my hand upon their flesh. Why is God relenting from releasing it on your life? Because you're releasing from seeking His life. We need to wake up. Because if God is not releasing His hand in our life, something is wrong. Not with God, it's wrong with you. And I'm not saying God doesn't bring tribulation, bring stuff and test you and wait, because we're going to get into something where someone is tested by God too. But that doesn't mean... But even in the test and even in the trial... Even when God is waiting on you, uh, to test for, for your test to be over, He still wants you waiting on Him and seeking Him. He wants that, that seeking when you go five meetings without the presence of God, you go whatever however long without the presence of God, but you're still standing in the gap. And you don't stop. Even if, God, this is what God's looking for, and this is not, gonna, this is not reality because it's not the Bible, but let's, say, let's just use it in a sense so you can understand. Even if, you saw and you went after God until the day you died and you never felt, supreme, never got filled. That's what the kind of heart he's looking for, though. That's not going to happen because it's not him. He will fill you. He, he fills the poor in spirit. He fills those who, he, he, those who seek and find him and they get the fish and not the and not the stone. But he wants that heart that says, I don't care. I don't care what I feel, what I don't feel, what happens. If this happens, that happens. I will seek you until I die. That's the kind of grit that he wants to get in your bone, the tenacity in your bones. Because it's nothing of your flesh, but the thing that you can do in your own heart that is apart from him, that is actually of him, is to seek him. See, that's all, that's all we have to do is hunger and seek him. And he does the rest. I just said the scripture, it's in the Bible. Stir up the gift of God. And how do we know he's talking about the Holy Spirit? Because it says, which is in thee by putting on of hands. He's talking about when I first laid my hands on you, Timothy. The gift of God that I released to you. Stir up the Holy Spirit because he's not going to just move in your life like a whirlwind every time. You have to continue to make a pathway for that whirlwind. You have to continue to convince that whirlwind that you want to be spun. You have to con- continue to convince that fire that you, that, that that you want to be set ablaze. Because you know what? God is not convinced with some people because He's seeing their lack of desire. 2 Kings 2. And I'm going to go through a little bit through Elijah and Elisha. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah in a, in a, into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. And Elisha said unto Elisha, "Tarry here, I pray thee for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. So he's saying, Wait here, Elisha. I'm going to go to Bethel. And you're going to see a pattern here. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth and and thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee, Elijah. So they went to Bethel together. And Elisha said unto him, Elisha, tarry here. Pray thee for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were in, at Jericho came to Elisha. See, he's being tested here. Are you going to wait? You, are you going to continue to hang on to the anointing? Because it was like, because Elisha and Elijah represented this, the, the, the bridegroom and the bride. Elisha was, bri- was the representation of the bridegroom. and, and Or no, the bride. And... Elijah was a representation of the bride, of the groom. And these two were, were and Elijah was, had a double portion on his life, and Elijah was seeking to have that double portion, even though Elijah, Elijah had a mantle on him already. And it's just like how we as believers, we have a mantle, because it says everybody's giving the anointing of Christ, everybody's given a major of faith, we all have our own anointing, but now it's about receiving the fullness of the anointing the the apostolic the whole thing the, the the not just your personal thing but something that is that comes from the corporate this is what he was seeking a double portion as the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him knowest thou that the lord will take away thy master from thy head to from thy head today and he answered yeah i know it hold your peace so he was they were saying Don't you know? Elijah's going to disappear. He's going to go back into the clouds. He's no longer going to be with you. Do you know that? He says, yes, I know. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. He said, as the Lord liveth and as as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Are you going to continue to follow the Holy Ghost? Are you going to continue to follow the bridegroom wherever he is, even when he tests you? Even how Abraham or, or Moses said, I will not go until, unless you go, Father. This is what he's looking for. Do you really want it? Are you going to continue to follow me city through city, town through town, uh, heartache through heartache, this person leaving you, that person, are you still going to follow me? Oh, you, can, you know, you can pray here, Elisha, you can stay here in the city, it's okay. But he said, no, I won't. I'm gonna, I I want to be with you wherever you go. Because my eyes are on that mantle. My eyes are on that glory that you have. It needs to be on me, and I won't let you go. I won't let you go to Jordan and disappear in the chariots of fire. And then I go to find you, and you're in heaven, and you're gone. Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth, as, as I soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And 50 men of the sons of prophets went, look this is like a test after test, I feel bad for this guy, stood to view afar off, and they stood by Jordan, and Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided into hither and thither. So they too went over on the dry ground. So he parted the seas with his mantle, and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elijah, Ask what you... What I shall do for thee before I will be taken from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, said, thou hast asked a hard thing. You are asking a hard thing for the the glory that you want in your life, the power that you want in your life. You're asking for a hard thing. You're asking for a painful thing. You see, there's a painful side of seeking God. Because there's times you get nowhere. There's times you get somewhere, but then you don't really get somewhere. And then there's times where you want to see, but you can't see yet. There's times where people are getting in your way. There's times where people are trying to buck. There's times where the enemy tries to put witchcraft in you and stop your seeking. Stop your standing in the gap. It's a hard thing, but it's a good thing. And it's not really a hard thing as long as we stay in the gap. Nevertheless, if thou see me, when I am taken from thee, and it shall be unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. So he's saying, if you see me go up, it, you'll have it, you'll have the double portion. If not, you won't. And he said, thou and it came to pass, as they went on, and talk that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it. He saw it. What was he saying? Why was he saying, if you see me, you'll get it. If you don't see me, you won't get it. Because Elijah was going up in spirit. He was becoming spirit now. Just like Jesus ascended into heaven, so Elijah ascended into heaven. And he's saying, if you see me, if you can see in the spirit, Elijah, Elisha, you will get it. If there's oil on your eyes, if there's eye solvent on your eyes, you will see it and you will have it. The kingdom is not just a matter of believing, it's a matter of seeing. Because if you see it, you'll actually believe it. The kingdom is not by observation of the flesh, but if you don't see it in the spirit, you'll never have it. Because you'll never know it. And when you never know it, you can never really believe it. So Elisha was able to have it because he saw it and he knew it and he was his. And the mantle. And Elisha cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And there was, there was a horses of fire and, a, and chariots of fire. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He broke them up. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he was, there he was with the double portion. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters. And now here is Elijah. He just smote the waters, part of, part of the seas. And now here is the bride taking the, the garment, taking the double portion and now smoting it himself, herself, yourself. This is what we're, we're seeking. We're seeking this double portion only. We're seeking this fullness of Christ. And this is the power of it, that we will be able to do the same works that Christ did and Elijah did the same works that Elijah did. This is the double portion. We haven't seen much. We've been seeing splurts and bits. And just like Elijah was able to move in things here and there, but he wasn't able to move in that fullness that when he wanted to, he could whip the season and do it, but now he was able to do it. And he parted them. And Elijah went over, Elisha, because Elijah's gone now. And when the sons of prophets, which were to view Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. They saw it, even themselves, they were like, Oh my god, Elisha, Elijah, the spirit that was on Elijah, is now on Elisha. And he just parted the seas. And that's what they're gonna say to you. Whoa, the spirit of God, Christ is on them. They're doing mighty works. And Christ is with them. I don't want people to see me doing mighty works and just say, oh, look at Joe. I want them to say, Christ is upon him. Christ is upon her. The anointing. Not just works that when I go to heaven, he says, you are far from me, but works that when he said, when I go to heaven, it will be proved by fire. And when the sons of the prophets which were you. The spirit of Elijah thus on Elijah and they came to meet him and bowed to themselves to the ground before him. They even bowed their knee. and you know how it says in Revelation and I think it's chapter 3 or 4 where he says I will make those who are mockers of you I will make them in the last day bow, bow at your feet. They're going to do the same. The proddles are going to come back. It's not because we're great, but because the remnant church will stand until the end and they will realize who the remnant is. And even though they mock you now, they won't be mocking you then. Even though they scoff at you now, they won't be scoffing at you then. So you better live for what what is real now than stop living for later or else you're going to be the one on the floor and kissing the feet of the remnant or you're going to be getting your feet kissed because you're the one that stood in the end and you're the one that they'll be coming and, and, and apologizing to and repenting, and that'll be a glorious day for both people, but don't be the people that need to be revived instead of the ones that are reviving. And they said unto him, Behold now, there be with my s- thy servants 50 strong men. So they're saying, they're all, there's all this guys. We pray thee, seek thy master. Let us pre-adventure. The Spirit of the Lord has taken him up. And cast him onto some mountain somewhere or in a valley. And he said, "Ye shall not sin." So they were trying to go find Elijah. They're like, "Well, he got into a chariot of fire. He must be somewhere. Maybe God just trans translated into a mountain." And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, "Did I not say unto you, go not?" And they're going to be saying to you, "Where can I?" But he's. But you're going to be the anointed one now. They're going to be looking for their religious. Churches again, they're going to be looking for their false prophets again, but they're not going to be there and the remnant is going to be the only one there. The bride is going to be the only one crying out in the wilderness and they're going to say, where do we go find this? How do we find, how do we find our, our religion that we held on to? while well, Babylon the great, the harlot has, is burning up in the sky and the merchants are looking upon it. Look, and now all that's left is this, the temple of God, the ark of God, of, of God's presence, the tabernacle of God. That's the only thing left. And what are you going to do now? Are you going to buy oil? And it says they're going to come to you on the last day saying, help us, help us, give us your oil. But you're going to say, turn to the master. They're going to come to you. This isn't all coronavirus, it's all going to end. They're going to, this is all prepping for that day for them to come to you and say, I need Jesus. Impart him to me. I'll, buy, I'll give everything I have to have this. And you're going to have to say, Go seek him in spirit and in truth. Go, go away from me and go back on your bed and, 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 and wait for him. But false prophets, I'll give you, you, you can body anointing now, apparently. You can do all these things. If you do this, if you twirl on your head seven times, you're going to get the anointing. But the remnant is going to tell the people to seek God for themselves. And that's the difference between a remnant church and a religious church, is a religious church will tell you, if you just do this, that, and the third, you'll get it. If, but the real church says, you better go to the Lord. The real church will always point you back to Jesus, or the religious church will always tell you to come back to them. Keep coming on, son. Keep doing this. Keep doing that. Keep calling, or doing whatever are our, our seven sacraments. But the remnant will keep every message, every principle every precept will always take you back to christ and point you to him and tell you to go buy oil and the men of the city said unto elijah behold i pray thee the situation of the city is pleasant as my lord seeth but the water is not and the ground is barren because they were saying they were looking for elijah because they needed their city to be healed they needed their land to be healed their their waters were barren there was no water but they didn't realize the same anointing that was on Elijah is now on Elisha. And, and they're going to be looking for there to there and there for signs and wonders. But the sign and wonder is going to be you. And now you're going to be the one to come and heal the land. And he said, bring me a new cr- crust, And put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And remember how it says that we're, the, we're to be the salt of the earth. And he went forth unto the spring of waters and cast the salt into thee and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed um, unto that day according to the saying of Elisha which he spake. According to the bride that was sent from the bridegroom, that the land of America, that the people of God, the, 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 the prodigals were healed, the lost were healed. Now, because remember he said, greater works will they do. I did so many works that the Bible couldn't even hold them, and now you're going to be, be doing double that. Elijah didn't even heal that land, but Elisha did. And there's things that Jesus didn't do while he was here, but we will do. Because the same anointing that was in him, the same Holy Spirit that was in him is in us now. But remember what it cost Elisha to get that. It was constantly following Elijah. he probably got so mad at it there was probably so many times Elijah got frustrated or probably offended with Elijah, oh he doesn't do this, he doesn't talk to me when I want to talk to him or blah 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 but he still kept staying the course he still kept seeking and desiring and, 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 and stayed until he received until he was impartation came and Elijah Eli, the Elijah is here today. And it says the Elijah, the two prophets in the last day, and one of them is Elijah, they will come down and people think it's going to be actually Elijah because just because he ascended doesn't mean he's going to descend, but he is going to descend in spirits, in, in our spirit, through the Holy Spirit in us. Because the same spirit that was in Elijah, everybody said, oh, the spirit of Elijah. But it was the Holy Spirit. The, same, the, whole, the, 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 the spirit that you rave about is now inside of you. And then here's the, I'm not even going to name the churches saying we need the spirit of Elijah, but then when the Holy Spirit comes they grieve him that's the spirit of Elijah hello Elijah didn't do those things by himself he said it said the spirit of the Lord was upon Elijah and that's what made the phrase the spirit of elijah it was but the spirit of Elijah is really the spirit of God, but we We make a big deal about the spirit of Elijah. And I'm not saying don't say, don't say God in your prayers is the spirit of Elijah. But I'm talking about the religious people that take it out of context. We need the spirit of Elijah. You need to shut up and you need to start listening to the Holy Spirit. And then you'll see the spirit of the same works that were on Elijah come into your life. Enough of this. We need Elijah, but he's right there in you. He's calling you to be the new Elijah. Elisha. And he went forth in the springs were, and, and, the de- and the barren land. They were healed. So the waters were healed unto that day according to the saying of Elijah. According to the saying of Elijah and according to the remnant church, according to the bride, they will be saved. They will be lost according to the saying in their mouth. Because what? That saying is going to be coming from God's mouth himself. Out of the mouth of God I shall live and pe- other people shall live out of my mouth because my mouth is submissive to the mouth of God. And it's one mouth speaking through the other mouth that's re- being received through another mouth. And he turned back and looked on them and cursed. Oh, no, sorry, I skipped. And he went up from thence unto Bethel, as he was going up by thee. There came from forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head. And he turned back to them and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth, there came forth two two bears, two she-bears out of the woods and tear and tore the forty and two children of them. Just like Paul, right? That God was, God was blinding people. And there's going to be p- the mockers and the people in this last day that mock God's last church. Gonna, it says, touch not my anointed. Now that's just, just not for anybody that is saved or it says they're saved. That's for those who are actually anointed. Hello? Carnal Christians, that doesn't necessarily mean you. Not saying you're not going to get saved. He's saying those that are filled with my glory, touch not. Because the glory that's on them is going to come on you and it's going to blind you. And it's going to, the same, the same thing that's happened to, that happened to Ananias and Sapphira is going to start happening in this day. There's going to be so much glory in the house that people are going to start falling when they come to touch or scoff at that glory. God is going to protect it so much. And so many people are going to get saved. See, everybody gets mad at, at Elisha here. Oh, he, he called two bears to kill. But how about the people that probably got saved after he did that? And they were probably like, oh my God, that's the anointing on Elisha. And they probably repented. And that's the same thing that's going to happen. There's people, God's going to do, what are, and what about that message? What about these signs? And there's going to be signs where people are going to get turned over to the devil's. They're going to start crawling on the ground. And things are going to happen but people are going to get saved because they're going to say I can't mess with the Lord and the fear of the Lord is going to hit lost people. The same thing that protected Paul, the same thing that protected Jesus, the same glory and fire. He said I can call down lightning bolts and all this stuff, but he didn't, but he could. And that's going to be the same glory. The same glory that was on Paul, Elijah, Jesus, Elias. That's why they went to Jesus and they said, "Is it is that the spirit of is that Elijah?" Yeah, it was actually. Because the spirit of Elijah was in him, but the spirit of Elijah has been him the whole time. He was before Elijah. So yeah, the Pharisees were kind of right. It kind of was Elijah, but he was before Elijah. Then we're going to go, now we're going to shift to the end of Elijah's life. Here. 2 Kings 13, 4, 3, 14 through 21. And it's interesting how, what happens to Elijah, and, and watch now what happens to Elisha, the same way. Now Elijah was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died. So Elijah actually died of sickness. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his faith face. But then look at what he says. And then all of a sudden he said, Oh my, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, just like Elijah. When Elijah appeared, was 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 leaving, he saw he saw Elijah descend. He saw Elijah, Elijah. saw Elijah ascend into heaven in the spirit. And now here's Elijah. The same thing. Nobody talks about this. Everybody's like, yeah, Elijah went up in a horse and a chariot of fire, but Elijah did too. It says right here, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel, the horseman What do you think he was talking about? He was talking, he said, literally said the same phrase that Elijah said when he saw Elijah descend into, ascend into heaven. Elijah died, but now he appeared in spirit. And good thing for this man, Joash, now he's seeing in spirit. And then watch what happened. And Elijah said unto him, Take bow, bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows because they were in a war. I didn't pull up the whole thing because I don't want to be long-winded with that. And he said to, to the king of Israel, The king of Israel, Put thy hand... And he's, this is happening in the spirit now because his body's dead. His body's dead. And, he's, and, and this is Elijah doing this. And he said, And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrow, and he took unto him bow and arrows, and he said to the king of Israel, Put thy hand upon thy bow, and and he put his hand upon it, and Elijah put his hands upon the king's hands, and he said unto him, Open the window eastward, and he opened it. Then Elijah said, Shoot, and he shot, and he said, The arrows of the Lord, the Lord's deliverance, the lost, deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for thou shalt smite the Syrians in Apec till thou hast consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows, and he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote three times and stayed. He struck the ground three times. Keep that in mind. And the man of God was wroth, he was mad. Mad at the king now. And he said, Thou shouldest have smitten the ground five or six times. Five or six times. Why did you do it three times, Joash? Do it five or six times. Do it more. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria only three times. And Elijah died and they buried him. And the hands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming of the year. And God's saying, Why are you... Why are you striking the ground? Why are you coming after me? Why are you, why are you stirring up the flame? Why are, you going, why are you stirring up my spirit only this many times? Only this amount? Only 364? Only 10 days, only 5 days a week? Why are you not doing this over and over? Why are you not striking the ground until you see all your enemies consumed? We get a little bit in the spirit. We get a little bit of glory. We get a little bit of overcoming. We see a little bit of deliverance. And then we stay. Just like it says, he stayed. And we wait and we say, oh, cool. Oh God, do more. He's saying strike the ground. Five, six, seven, eight times until all of them are, are dead. Until the deliverance comes onto to all of them. Until you are delivered out of their hand. Until every little fox in your life is gone. This is what we need to do. We need to continue to strike the ground until the ground opens up and, and lets all our enemies fall into it. And lets all the let lets all the the... The Jezebels lets all the spirits fall into hell. We need to keep striking the ground. We need to keep stirring up the flame. We need to keep pounding in the spirit. We need to keep going after these principalities. We need to keep going after these spirits. We need to keep going after the high calling until we see it. Until we see the small hand, the the, the small cloud, the size of a man's hand. We need to stir it up until... The flame is shown. And then, when we get to that point, the flame is constant. We leave it and we let it burn us up. And it came to pass, as they were burying a man, that behold, they spied, they spied a band of men and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. So a man died and they wanted to revive him. Look, they put Elijah's grave... They put him into Elijah's grave and watch what happens. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elijah, he revived him and stood up on his feet. Even though Elijah, Elijah had so much fire and so much glory. And remember it says the, the, the latter reign will be more glorious than the former. So much glory that his dead body raised a dead man to life. Not even Jesus did that. His own dead body. But you want this glory and you're not going to you can't contend for it. you can't even you can't seek him for more than one day in a week. you can't continue to have to be hungry for him you want this glory this man would not let this man would not let Elijah out of his sight. he would not rest in one city he went through three cities and only records three cities here. how many cities did he really go through to, was he, he was testing him see obviously elijah. Elijah was not stupid. He wanted Elijah to have the double mantle. But he was testing him. In the same way Jesus is testing us. Will you continue to seek me? When the thing that you so love, when, when you, if this happened and that happened, are you still going to seek me? When I take this person from your life, or I take that thing from your life, or I take this one thing that you love so much, are you still going to seek me? When you're tired and when you're, when you're thirsty, Are you still going to seek me? Are you still going to follow after me? When you don't want to do it. When I tell you to go out there and feed the poor. When I tell you to do this. When I tell you to do that. Are you still going to do it? When I tell you to preach or talk in front of people that don't want to hear you. When I tell you to go on Facebook. When I tell you to go on the streets and everybody's going to attack you. And they're going to imprison you. Are you still going to stand by my side? Are you going to pay the cost? Elijah had to pay the cost to be with Elijah. He had to pay the cost to get that double mantle. And because he paid the cost, he was able to see in the Spirit. And when he saw, he was able to have it. He said, if you see me ascending, you will have my mantle. We need to see Jesus we need to see the Word in its fullness. We need to understand the Word. We need to understand everything and hear everything His Spirit is saying. We need to not just hear His Spirit once in a while or when the prophets or apostles speak. We need to constantly be hearing. So we, because when we stop hearing, we stop seeing. And when we stop seeing, we stop receiving impartation. Your spiritual sight is your key to your impartation. If you cannot see, you still... First of all, when we see it breaks, our, it utterly destroys our carnal mind. Our sight in the spirit destroys our sight in the flesh. And no longer do we depend on what we see in the flesh anymore. Because now the eyes in our mind and our heart have become so strong that everything we see through these physical eyes don't even matter to us anymore. Because what do we see with our physical eyes? What we see with our physical eyes creates feelings, creates temptations, creates lures, creates everything that is against God and everything that we hate and God hates. And it lures us and takes us captive. But when we destroy the sight of these things, when we can be like that man where it said this man was healed for the glory of God. Why was this man healed, Jesus? Or did he have a was he a paralytic? Was he, Or was his, did his parents sin? What happened? No. He was healed before the glory of God. And you were made blind. This whole thing, this whole thing that God created, this earth, this heaven thing, the trees, of the knowledge, good and evil, the devil, God is not stupid. He didn't make the devil and then say, oh man, now he's going to turn the whole world against. Me. No, he knew what he was doing. He's trying to, to get people that will that will be. That will be. Will start. Will be born blind and will be made to see in the spirit and be made to come back to the garden for His glory, because this is the best way that God can get His glory in, out, instead of having robots. Because if He has robots, that's not glory. Because then we're automatically praising Him, but he, that's not really glory. If I get all my little my kids' action figures all in the room. And I go like, hey, look at me. Uh, hello, they're action figures. You raise their hands up. We God wants. <laughs> God wants people to, to do it willingly, and this is how why he's created such 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 oppression in the land. This is why he's created Satan. This he says he creates good and evil for his good and his glory. It's a Bible scripture for goodness sake. It says that he's created both these things for his glory. This is all a thing. to. to it's like a crushing. It's like good and evil are crushing us to, to get to the tree of life. And God is weaning us and weaning us and weaning us. And the, and the hole is closing and we're just getting right through it. It's, 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 it's squeezing us into the glory. It's as we bend to it. We need to bend to it. We need to continue. And that's the, God knows exactly what's going on. God's not surprised at the enemy. God's not surprised at our faults. God's not surprised at what we do when we mess up. All he wants is that heart that just doesn't stop, man. He doesn't care. Religion makes it all about the people, what they do. And, oh, look, they're sinning. They're doing that and blah, 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 blah. But we get so focused on that that we stop trying to do and But here we are still laboring just to conquer the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But God is saying, stop laboring for that to be good in the, on the tree. He says, start laboring to get out from the tree. Start laboring for, to get out from man's knowledge, from religion. Start laboring to get into the place where you can have life. Where by one bite of that tree, you can have a life. And then some of us, we have one bite and we have life, but then we lose it. We lose the little bit of life. We, many of us, you know what? Let's, let's get real because just because I know Adam... He ate the tree and then he he died again. But you can can be revived from that fall of man, eat the tree of life, come back to life in the spirit, come back to the garden, but then die again by going back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not just that you ate the tree of life and you were born again and now you're going to be there forever. No, it's you need to continue to eat. It's all about what what are you eating? Because I'm telling you, 24-7 every day we're eating something. We're chewing on something where our, our mind is constantly eating. Our mind is, our heart, what I mean by that is our, it's constantly feeding something. It's constantly, we're constantly taking something in. And, and, if, and if our mind and heart are not continuing on that tree of life, or not continuing to eat from that, or continue to receive from that, we will die. At the end of the day, you will eat something. We need to stir up the flame. We need to get back to that place where you can go, you can go to every single part in your life, every, even the beginning of, of, your, of your relationship with God, even the beginning of where you first found Jesus and you were so on fire. Why? Because you were... It's not... You could have, the next day you could have dried out and been dead bones, but it was because you were constantly... You were so, it was so new to you. It was, so, it was so fresh to you that you were like, you wanted more of it. You wanted more of it. But then there come a day where you were like, okay... I, can I go back to my other stuff a little bit and then you started dying and then you have your other seasons where your seasons of fire again they come back you know why Jeremiah's fire was so great is because he kept storing it up and storing it up the fire and it became such a raging fire we need to keep continue to store up fire in our bones and it will be uncontrollable when you have a house fire it needs to build to become an uncontrollable it, needs to, it can't just be one little fire on the stove. It's going to get put out. It needs, to be, uh, it needs to go into the interior walls. It needs to go to the exterior walls. It needs to go to all the furniture. It needs to go to every part of your house. The house of the Lord is you. It needs to go to every single part and burn everything up, and then it will be a raging fire that won't be, cannot be stopped. And the firemen will come to put it out, and they can't even put it out. That's how you get uncontrollable fires. You need to stir up the flame... So that it will it will be a constant flame that cannot be put out by any man by any devil, and then the devils will be scared of you because they don't want to go to the fire. They're trying to. They're doing everything they're doing so they don't have to go to the fire, because that's their that's their that's their their end all end game. They don't want to go there. And then here's the fire of you that that's in you, and they don't want that, so they they run away. Snakes run away from the fire. And Father, I just thank you right now, Father, that you would fill us, Father, that that we would. Come to this understanding of, of stirring up our the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, He is the fire. He says, I am like a fire, my word is like a fire, the seven spirits of fire, but the seven spirits of fire is really one spirit, and it's my spirit. Every single thing he spoke about the fire, he was speaking about himself. And Father, we want to stir you up in us. We want to stir, we want to, we want to desire you so much that we can he can turn around and you can say, Great is your faith, great is your desire and I will kindle that fire, and I will now stir it up myself. He wants to see such a fire of desire in our heart that he starts to stir it up with his own hand. It says the fan is his hand, and he will start fanning your fire by himself. You won't even have to fan it anymore because he's going to start doing it. But he needs to see the start of a fire. He needs to see a fire that stays constant, and it will never end when he gets involved. Jesus' mighty name.